The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people, live nationwide and streaming live at lesliemarshallshow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Afternoon. How uh, how is everybody? Happy Hump Day. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. Only true democracy in talk. And uh, glad to have those of you joining us for the first time or the second day on the NRM Streamcast. Joining us in this hour is somebody you're going to hear on the NRM Streamcast or wherever you're listening to my program. His name is Brad Bannon, and he uh, hosts a program that, uh, and he sits in for me. Uh, when I'm traveling all over the country uh, to do television and to attend these caucuses, primaries, uh, debates, conferences, and such during an election. Brad is the president and CEO of Bannon Communications Research. They're a polling message development and media firm. They help labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. And you're going to be able to hear Brad, guest host for me, every Monday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern with his own program, Deadline DC with Brad Bannon. In addition, Brad writes a column every Sunday on the 2020 presidential race for The Hill. He's on the National Journal's panel of political insiders and is a national political analyst for WGN TV and radio in Chicago. You can read Brad's columns at muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. That's muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. His Twitter handle is at Brad Bannon, capital B R A D, capital B A N N O N, no relation to Steve, I must point out. Hey, Brad, good afternoon. Good to have you with us today uh, in our uh, first week as part of the NRM Streamcast family. Brad, good afternoon and welcome. Always good to be on with you, Leslie, and thanks for mentioning that uh, Steve Bannon is not a, a relation. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you wrote, I, I love this piece today, and not only did we post it on all, you know, my social media, as we always do, but I really loved this piece. And you got a lot of people angry on the left with your piece. Brad uh, wrote an op-ed, his most recent op-ed for The Hill, uh, titled The Democratic Demolition uh, Der- Derby. And I don't want to read the whole piece. I want people to read it, uh, and especially because I want them to hear from you. But you start talking about the infighting within the Democratic Party that was a major contributor to the first Trump victory, and I agree with you, and you say it could pave the way to another. Are we having a deja vu moment in the Democratic Party with infighting, and can you explain what happened in 2016 and what you see and fear happening now? Well, uh, unfortunately, I think we are having, uh, we are headed towards a repeat of 2016, uh, when the the battle between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton was so bitter uh, during the primary season that the wounds never healed. Uh, And uh, I, for the article, actually, I did some research, and there are different estimates, but uh, I think it's fair to say that at least 10 percent 
of the people who voted for Bernie Sanders in the primaries in 2016 ended up voting for Donald Trump, as hard as that is to believe. Uh, in addition to that, a lot of some Bernie people uh, didn't vote at all in 2016, and some voted for uh, third-party candidates, uh, especially Jill Stein, the uh, Green Party candidate. So altogether, at least, you know, probably close to 20 percent, one out of every five Bernie supporters in the primaries did not vote for Hillary Clinton against Donald Trump. And if you look at the small margins in some of the battleground states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, those uh, Bernie voters uh, who uh, sat out the election or voted for Donald Trump uh, probably made the difference in turning the Electoral College over to uh, Donald Trump. And if that happens again, uh, we're going to be in the in the same situation we are uh, now, and we'll be stuck with another four years of Donald Trump, which honestly, I don't think the country can survive, not as we know it. Absolutely. Uh, from where I sit, definitely. Um, we have a debate that is happening tonight in Las Vegas, another Democratic debate. We have, in addition to that stage, uh, Mike Bloomberg. We're seeing the infighting becoming bigger. Um, uh, Bernie's camp on CNN alleging that Bloomberg had a heart attack never did. Uh, Bernie not releasing medical records and others attacking him for that. Uh, Bernie and Elizabeth's uh, Kumbaya Love Fest is over. Uh, with her um, accusation that he said that a woman could never be president, which, uh, you know, he denies uh, saying um, the, you know, the list goes on. Um, are, are we going to see the gloves truly come off tonight in the debate? And, and, and is that what these candidates need to do? Well, uh uh, the, the answer to your first question, which is the easy question, uh, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, pummeling of Michael Bloomberg tonight. Uh, Bloomberg has been able to rise uh, greatly in the national polls running a medically sealed campaign. Uh, he spent close to half a billion, to half a billion, that's billion with the B dollars, on TV ads, and it's catapulted him right into the middle of the Democratic race. And this is really the first opportunity the other Democrats are going to have to take them on tonight. So I don't think it will be pretty. Uh, and in terms of is this what we have... Is this what the candidates have to do? Uh, they whether they have to do it or not, they shouldn't do it. See, my, my take on this is that the worst thing that Donald Trump has done to this country is he's been tearing it apart, ripping the fabric that binds us all together into shreds. And I think ultimately voters are going to be looking for a new president who can bring people together. And if they see the Democrats squabbling tonight, which sadly uh, I think they will, uh, that, you know, says to voters, well, maybe the, uh, uh, maybe, uh, the Democrats can bring the country together uh, and uh, repair the fabric that uh, Donald Trump has rent in the last three years. So uh, I think there will be a lot of pummeling tonight, uh, and it's not good for Democrats. It's not good for the nation. Uh, you, you talk about so many things in your article that I want to talk about. Uh, one is the recent national survey, survey by Quinnipiac University matching up the Democratic candidates and trials against the president. 
Um, what I'm seeing, Brad, is that in matchups, it used to be that a handful of Democrats would beat Trump, even in places like Texas. And then, of course, on a national level, there was a time where Biden, Sanders and Warren would all beat Trump in polling, not just by Quinnipiac, but other polling. It shows that with the exception of Sanders, Trump is now beating everybody and Sanders isn't beating Trump by that much. Does this change in polls concern you or is this change in polls uh, expected as the field narrows? Well, uh, well, the answer to the first question, it concerns me greatly. Um, I think that, uh, you know, and I honestly think the problem, you know, I mean, about two weeks ago, Donald Trump's job rating is normally in the low 40 percent range. I think the average for his entire three-year presidency has been 42 or 43 uh, percent. A couple of weeks ago, uh, in the Gallup poll, he got up to 49 percent, which is his record high. And I'm absolutely convinced a good Trump, a good part of Trump's revival is based on the Democrats beating the crap out of each other, uh, and it just underscores the the problems uh that uh democrats are having right now uh because of the the bitter infighting you know honestly i think that if the democrats can get their act together um i'd much rather see them beating up on donald trump uh than beating up on each other and I think that increased the chances of a democratic victory and i hope some or all of the Democratic candidates can rise above the moment and realize that Donald Trump's not is the enemy, not Bernie Sanders or Michael Bloomberg or Joe Biden or Amy Globeshar or Elizabeth Warren or any of them. Uh, I think it's time for, you know, the person who's going to, if there's going to be a Democratic president, it's going to be the Democrat who rises above the moment and looks at the good and well-being of the nation and says, we got to get rid of Donald Trump. That should be our priority. That should be our focus uh, and not, uh, you know, beating up on each other. And honestly, I hope one of the Democrats says that tonight because it's very important. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with Brad Bannon. Don't go away. I'm Leslie Marshall. More to come talking about the Democratic debate tonight. We're also uh, talking about the uh, Democrats' journey to hopefully making Donald Trump a one-term president. Feel free to join us, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. More in a moment. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. He is Brad Bannon. Like I said, he hosts his own show, Deadline DC with Brad Bannon, which you can hear Mondays, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the NRM Streamcast uh, when he is sitting in for me. Uh, Leslie Marshall. He also is CEO and president of Bannon Communications Research. He is an analyst politically for WGN and TV and radio in Chicago. And you can read his op-ed every Sunday uh, for The Hill on politics. I have to jump uh, Brad, in, too. I think, Brad, you were uh, you just got on in L.A. recently, too, right, for some L.A. Uh, radio? Yeah, in the last uh, few weeks, I've been doing political commentary on uh, KNX News Radio in Los Angeles. 
Yeah, Leslie awesome. knows LA, uh, LA very well, Leslie, right? Yeah, I live in LA and work and broadcast from LA. Thanks for that, Mark. You get it. I appreciate it. Um, okay, back to the conversation regarding uh, the Democrats and uh, your piece, their op-ed uh, for, on Sunday for The Hill, Brad. Uh, so much uh, to talk about. Uh, when you break down numbers and you talk about these in your piece, the Democratic candidates range from 48% to 51%. That all leads Trump. Uh, there are a couple of things here. One, it blows my mind that Trump continues to hold steady uh, no matter what. And then secondly, we just don't see the people that are polled uh, showing up to vote. And that is a real problem uh, that Democrats have. In 2016, Franklin Graham urged evangelicals to hold their nose and vote for Donald Trump. They did. And even Senator Lindsey Graham at the time, who hated Trump at the time, now he loves him, held his nose and even said that and voted for him. Uh, we lack that unity. Um, you know, what, what, what are they saying now? Uh, not, uh, not me, but us. Is that it? That, that is the mantra with Bernie Sanders. Um, right. they're, they're saying that, but that's not what I see online. I can't tell you how many Bernie or bust folks have attacked me. If I ever say anything that doesn't make him, uh, you know, king of the world. And honestly, some of the Bernie or bus people are very like the the MAGA, Make America Great people on the right with Donald Trump. That concerns me. Well, it does. It concerns me, too. And every Democrat, everybody wants to get rid of Donald Trump should be concerned about it. You know, first of all, you know, I say this in the article, but there's plenty of blame to spread around Democrats uh, for this problem. Uh, I think. Uh, you know, about uh, last week, I guess it was, uh, the coronary union uh, in uh, Nevada uh, said they opposed uh, the Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All program. And the reaction to the leadership of the coronary union was unbelievable. The, uh, the uh, Sanders people really tore into them. And, you know... The current union has been the bedrock of progressive politics in Nevada for decades now. And the very fact that they took so much flack from Bernie supporters because they had a temerity to say uh, their union had problems with Medicare for all is really disheartening and, uh, you know, really a big problem for Democrats. Um, A lot of people are afraid to say anything negative about Bernie, uh, because they'll get attacked. Now, let me say in saying this, there's plenty of blame to spread around. In the article, I point out that part of the problem here is Hillary Clinton. Uh, Hillary Clinton has gone out of her way in the last month or so to attack Bernie Sanders a couple of times. Uh, You know, one for saying, uh, I think she said, no one uh, likes him. Uh, which would come as a shock to the millions of Americans who adore the man. Uh, but uh, there's plenty of blame to spread around between the centrist, uh, and Hillary Clinton would be example of that, and some of the on- online Bernie people. And these tacks are just, they're not hurting, uh, they're not hurting Hillary Clinton um, or Bernie Sanders. They're hurting mostly uh, people who want to get rid of Donald Trump. And the Democratic Party continues on this way. We're going to have really big problems getting rid of the man, and we need to get rid of him. 
Uh, I I would agree 100 percent. What about the polls that show the majority of voters don't want to vote for a socialist and the reality uh, that in order to win the election, you can't just have Democrats, but you've got to get those independent voters and those swing state voters to come on board? Well, yeah, there's a uh, uh, Wall Street Journal and NBC News just released a national survey, and they asked uh, people uh, essentially uh, what factors would disqual- disqualify a presidential candidate. Uh, and the number one uh, reason that a candidate would get disqualified uh, was for being a socialist. Uh, and the problem is that uh, a lot of people, mainly, mainly senior citizens who, as you know, vote in droves, uh, have real problems with a candidate identified as a socialist. Uh, and, you know, Bernie Sanders, if he's going to be the nominee, uh, has to find a way of dealing with that because it is, you know, you know young people are, don't have any problems with the term or label socialist at all. Not at all. But the older you get, the more likely the voter is to have a problem with the term socialist. And that was the main finding of the new national poll by the Wall Street Journal and NBC News. And okay. that seems to be a big problem if Bernie's the nominee. Absolutely. Brad, hang on. Hold that thought. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with more with Brad Bannon, uh, who does an op-ed every Sunday for The Hill and uh, so many more things for us and uh, for you. You can hear him every Monday here on the Leslie Marshall Show from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Like I said, check out his columns at The Hill, but also at muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. And on Twitter, follow him at Brad Bannon. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back and talk more about the debates tonight and the election going forward for November 2020. You want to weigh in? Because the phone and join us. 888-6LESLIE. 888-653-7543. Back in a moment. Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6LESLIE. We're back with me being I, Leslie Marshall, and uh, my partner in crime, uh, Brad Bannon, who hosts his own show, Deadline DC, with Brad Bannon, Mondays, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Brad also writes for The Hill, uh, and you can check that out every Sunday. Also, you can read his columns at muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. Follow him on Twitter at Brad Bannon. Uh, Brad, thank you for holding. Uh, welcome back. Uh, so much to talk about. There is clearly a battle and a division within the Democratic Party. And even though Republicans have a division among moderate Republicans and like evangelicals, you know, our division seems to be even stronger now than in 2016. That is yet another concern between the moderate centrist Democrats and the liberal uh, progressive Democrats. Um, does that make it impossible for us to unite by uh, I, I, the reason I say that is, look, poll after poll after poll, Democrats say. That And not just Democrats, independents, because if you have an open primary like in New Hampshire, independents can vote in that primary as well. Um, so, you know, if, if these voters are saying, and more than 80 percent, 81 percent in New Hampshire, angry, right? And, um, you know, if, if the goal is to make Donald Trump a one-term president, why is it so down the middle? But why, why are so many people putting people like, I'm sorry, Pete Buttigieg at the top, who I'm sorry, I love him. He is not going to be elected because there are Latinos and African-Americans and others who are uncomfortable with a first man. 
Okay. Uh, two, um, you know, Amy Klobuchar, love her. Not sure, you know, she's strong enough. Look, I don't have a crystal ball, but I have always felt that Joe Biden was the only one that had the true ability to make Trump a one-term president. That seemed to be what polls would show, even shows Polls going into states and caucuses like in Iowa, primaries like in New Hampshire, uh, going into Nevada, going to South Carolina. But now uh, Bernie is uh, leading him. And when you reference that poll that you did earlier, when we look to that um, as a point of reference, um, can all will all these people come around and just um, hold their nose with the socialist label or are the voters out there, Democrats and independents in these primaries? not voting, saying they want one thing, which is to make Trump a one-term president, but then not putting forth a, a, a candidate that can actually do that? Well, that's a, that's a good question, Leslie. This is the way I look at it. Uh, there's one thing that's different between uh, this presidential race and the last one in 2016. And the reality is, and this is something that works in Democrats' favor, um, there is more intensity among Democrats in terms of voting in the presidential election in 2020 than there was in 2016. And the reason for that is that the reality of three years of Trump presidency is a lot more horrifying to many Americans than the prospect of four years uh, of, a, uh, of a Trump presidency that existed in 2016. So I think one thing that Democrats working have working for them, and it only works if they can get their act together uh, by the time we select a nominee, is that voters, Democrats, are much more feel more intensely about voting than they did in 2016 in the general election. But that's going to get, again, it all comes down to one of the Democratic presidential candidates stepping up and saying. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to criticize Bernie Sanders, or I'm not going to criticize Joe Biden. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to uh, focus my uh, energy and heat to beating Donald Trump. One of the problems in these debates is that the moderators bait the Democrats to attack each other instead of Donald Trump. Uh, and that's because I think they feel the debate is more lively and will generate more eyeballs if the candidates are attacking each other. Uh, and I, you know, I've seen races before where there's a multi-candidate field and two candidates, maybe the two front runners, end up beating each other up. And one candidate sort of uh, slips down the middle by being uh, positive instead of negative. And if one of the Democratic candidates refuses to take debate tonight and in the subsequent debates and refuses to beat up on the other Democratic candidates, that might provide uh, a candidate with, with a lane to break through. Uh, because uh, I think actually a lot of Democrats, one of the reasons I wrote the article is I've been talking to a lot of Democrats who is really tired of the backbiting between the candidates and between uh, the Sanders wing and I guess what I'd call the Clinton wing of the party and are very worried about it. Uh, so I think it's going to be, if one of the Democratic candidates can uh, 
step up and think more about unity of the nation than their prospects for winning the primary, that candidate could catch fire. And it's very important because I think uh, the, the people are generally horrified about Donald Trump in a way they weren't uh, four years ago. And that should be able to work with the Democrats uh, for the Democratic nominee if the Democrats can end the squabbling and focus on the big picture, which is defeating Donald Trump. I, I agree. You've made some very good points there, Brad. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, when we look at this uh, battle, it, you know, the Democrats, though, are opponents to one another until the nomination is, uh, you know, is cinched. Um, with the kind of rhetoric we're hearing from Bernie Sanders specifically about Michael Bloomberg, what happens if Bloomberg becomes the nominee? Are we going to see, you know, and, and we've talked about this, will Bernie really get behind that candidate? Because, yeah, sure, he campaigned a tiny, tiny bit for Hillary in 2016, but he did not, like Hillary, when she was defeated by Barack Obama as the nominee, she went all in for that man. She helped him become the president of the United States by getting people like me that supported her to support him and vote for him and then became a great part of his cabinet as a secretary of state. And they formed a wonderful uh, working relationship. Um, do, you know, I don't I just don't you know see that happening now. I see it happening like 2016. And I'm sorry to say, but it's Bernie Sanders who seems to be um, the problem and his supporters in all of this. I mean, so, you know. Susan Sarandon, I mean, the things that she had said about Hillary and last time around and continues to, I think these people forget we're on the same team. Well, yeah, and the other thing they forget is, you know, Hillary Clinton is not running for president this year. That's one thing I don't understand. Uh, you know, I don't understand why some people spend so many Democrats spend so much time beating up on Hillary Clinton. She's not running for president. I don't think she had ever any intention of running for president. So why are people spending so much time beating up on her? It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, why not every time you feel uh, incumbent to say something nasty about uh, Hillary Clinton, why don't you beat up Donald Trump instead? It just doesn't make any sense to me. And again, um, I'm sad to say the uh, former Secretary of State brings some of this upon herself by popping up every couple of weeks and beating up Bernie Sanders. Um, I think there should be a ceasefire on both sides uh, so that we focus on Donald Trump. Uh, it's crazy to beat up Hillary Clinton. She's not a candidate for president. My guess is she never will be again. So what's the point? Uh, you know, and speaking, um, you know, of the point, obviously, it's making Donald Trump a one term president. It's unity, but it's also getting people out to vote. We're not seeing the enthusiasm that we saw among voters in 2016, at least not in Iowa or New Hampshire. Is that another concern? Well, yeah, it is. It is a concern. And again, you know, one thing I've I've been a political consultant for longer than I care to admit. And one thing I've learned is the more negative the campaign is, uh, the lower turnout's going to be. You just turn, you just, you know, dampen people's enthusiasms with negative campaigns. And that's what the Democrats are doing now by beating 
each other up. They're, you know, dis, they're just discour- discouraging Democrats from voting in pri- primaries and attending caucuses. Uh, and again, th- th- I really think what's going to need to happen if we're going to beat Donald Trump is that one of the Democratic candidates is going to have to step up to the plate and say, I'm not going to criticize my opponents anymore uh, in the Democratic primary. I'm going to focus my energy uh, and the opportunities I have to communicate to telling Americans why Donald Trump is ruining this nation. And that candidate, whoever it is, whoever has the guts to step up and do that, you know, may create a path uh, to his or her nomination, because I think that's what a lot of Democrats uh, are looking for. But there's no doubt that you're right, Hill, uh, you're right, Leslie, that uh, this negativism among the Democratic candidates could, is driving down uh, intensity and enthusiasm. We're going to take a break back with Brad Bannon in a moment and more about uh, not just tonight, but going forward to November 2020, the next general presidential election. We'll be back right after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show, 8886-LESLIE. Fight for your right to be the Democratic nominee. You had to fight for it. Brad, Mark and I, Marky Mark, my executive producer, Grimaldi, off the air, and your executive producer, too, uh, we're just talking about how the, the fight between the moderates um, seems to help Bernie, but definitely also seems to help Trump. Um, why is it, again, if we want Trump to be a one-term president, that you don't see Bloomberg staying out of this, Klobuchar and Buttigieg, who, who I think know in their heart of hearts aren't going to get the nomination, putting all their support behind Biden. And and I say that because really, if the if the race is between two people, the more progressive liberal faction of the party and the moderate centrist, you know, uh, you know, sector of the party, and they want somebody who could beat Trump, it comes down to those two uh, men uh, really at the top of the ticket and top of polls. Well, uh, I'm afraid I don't like the answer to your question. I like the question, but I don't like my answer. My answer is because a lot of people have put their own personal political ambition uh, above the well-being of the nation. Uh, I'm afraid that's the simple answer to your question, Leslie. Uh, This nation's in a a crisis, Uh, and uh, that's the... And the other thing that's important to remember, I have no idea. I like to think that I follow these things closely and probably too closely for my own good. But I have absolutely no idea who's going to end up being the Democratic presidential nominee. Absolutely no idea. But I do know whoever the nominee is, is going to need all Democrats when this is said and done. Uh, You know, let's say just for the sake of argument, Michael Bloomberg ends up going to be the nominee. The only way he can win is if he has the support of Bernie Sanders supporters. And if Bernie Sanders is the nominee, 
The only way he can win is if he has uh, the support of moderate Democrats who, like Michael Bloomberg or Mayor Pete or Amy Globuchar or Joe Biden. Uh, and whoever's the nominee is going to uh, need everybody in the party. And so none of them are doing any favors for themselves by beating up on the other candidates, because after Milwaukee, they're going to spend their time trying to reach out to these people. They're now criticizing and bring them back into the fold. Uh, so the best way to ensure that you get a, you become the president of the United States and save the nation by beating Donald Trump is to stop being negative, uh, because the people you criticize within the party now, you're going to need this fall. You know, I, uh, uh, I was walking on a beach this summer, and there was a sign uh, about the day, you know, warning against throwing trash in the ocean. And my version of that sign is uh, don't trash one of the Democratic candidates today because you, you might be swimming with that candidate in the fall. Uh, and the Bernie people shouldn't criticize Bloomberg because uh, if Bernie's the nominee, he's going to need the Bloomberg people. Uh, and the Bloomberg people shouldn't criticize the Bernie people uh, because if Bloomberg's a nominee, he's going to need to be the Bernie people to win. So everything that's happening now is counterproductive unless one candidate is willing to step up to the plate and say, I'm not criticizing any of my opponents at all. Anytime someone asks me a negative question uh, about one of my Democratic opponents, I'm going to turn, turn it around and focus my answer on Donald Trump. Trump, that may feel that that may seem incre- increasingly unrealistic and idealistic. But if we want to get rid of Donald Trump, and we all should, that's what we have to do. I'm loving all your answers here. You write in your piece that any attack by any attempt by the Democratic Party establishment to gang up on Bernie Sanders will backfire. Why? Uh, because, uh, you know, my reading of the uh, social media from Bernie people is they're already threatening uh, to basically uh, walk out uh, if uh, Bloomberg's the nominee. Uh, And again, I think back in 2016, uh, you know, up to about one out of every five Bernie supporters in the primary ended up not voting for Hillary Clinton. And if that happens again, uh, Trump's going to win re-election. Uh, you know, what's that uh, expression, the, the, the danger, uh, uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again with the same result? Uh, that's what will happen, is we'll have another four years of Donald Trump and let the Democratic candidates clean up their act and look at the big picture and realize that the enemy is Donald Trump and not the other Democratic candidates. And if, you know, Democrats don't step up and are willing to support um, their less than preferred candidate, if that candidate wins the nomination, we're all screwed. And we're going to have another four years of Donald Trump. And I don't think the country can survive it, honestly. Not the country I want anyway. Iowa. White, 92 percent. New Hampshire, majority white. Bernie Sanders won New Hampshire. Pete Buttigieg won Iowa. South Carolina, just the latest polls came out. Biden is single digits leading uh, Sanders, but not by much. In Nevada, depending on the poll, uh, Biden and Sanders are neck and neck. Sanders up some in some polls. Um, How 
what what happens to Biden if he doesn't come in? What does Biden need to do in Nevada and South Carolina? Stay in the game, or, or does is he still in the game regardless until Super Tuesday? I think if Joe Biden loses South Carolina, his candidacy will be circling the ball. Uh, his people for months now have been telling every reporter who would listen that South Carolina is their firewall. They know they, they've been saying for months that, well, we might not do well in Iowa and New Hampshire, but based on uh, Biden's support with black voters, we're sure to win South Carolina. Um, and now they have to deliver on that. And I'm afraid if they don't deliver, uh, that could very well uh, uh, be the end of Biden's candidacy. He's already having big trouble raising money. And if he loses the state that he's that he's called his firewall for a year now, it's going to be you know, almost impossible for him to raise enough money to run a competitive campaign on Super Tuesday, where you have 16 primaries and caucuses. What if he wins South Carolina but comes in second in Nevada? He is, does he still have oxygen in his tank for Super Tuesday? Yes, I think as, he, as long as he wins South Carolina, he still has oxygen in his tank. Uh, but I think if he loses South Carolina, uh, it will be time for him to get out of the race because he'll find it impossible to raise money. But I do think he can preserve his candidacy and live to fight another day if he wins South Carolina like he's told everyone he will. Very quickly, less than a minute, your final thoughts. Uh, my final thoughts is I just wish the Democratic candidates would forget their own personal political ambitions and worry about the well-being that what, hap- what could happen to this country with another four years of Donald Trump. And if one of them does, that candidate could very well be the nominee because that's what rank-and-file Democrats are looking for. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate it. You'll hear Brad on Mondays, every Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern, as I mentioned, for Deadline DC with Brad Bannon. You can also read his columns at thehill.com. Check out his latest op-ed, the Democratic Demolition Derby, we were talking about today. Also at muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. And on Twitter, go to at Brad Bannon to follow him there. I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll be back with you tomorrow.